1: Welcome to the Geekiest, my name's Joseph, my pronouns are he, him.
0: Hello, I'm Kayla, and my pronouns are she, her.
1: I'm Will, he, him.
2: Hi, and I'm Sierra, and my pronouns are also she, her. Hi, Sierra.
1: Welcome hello, to the show, Sierra.
2: Thank you, uh, thank you.
1: <laughs> I believe we can chalk up your appearance again to the wonderful Jack of Dungeon Meowster, who uh, did the introduction, so... uh, uh
2: have to like send jack
0: a t-shirt or something (laughs)
2: yes (laughs) yeah they were super super nice and obviously yeah um uh connected both me and uh joseph on discord which was super super kind of them um because i i I don't even remember i think they literally asked me just kind of almost out of the blue like do you want to be on this really cool podcast and i was like sure (laughs) Yeah
1: I I think it was It's like I I have this person uh I I did the the opening for their YouTube uh their their YouTube thing and they sent me the 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 YouTube link and yeah so
0: And here we are.
1: And here we are. Uh so I just think it's really cool that we're a cool podcast.
2: told yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool the world.
3: Cool. <laughs>
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, um I when I was when I was listening to some of the episodes um in the list that uh, Joseph sent me, um, I think it was, oh no, who was it? It was dr Dr. Dan, yes, Dr. Dan. I um, I know that the joke was like that, like I could sit here and like listen to you talk all day, And I was actually like, yes, I actually could sit here and listen to you talk all day. um. Yes. I think it was the episode where you guys were also talking about cats and how it wasn't nearly as bad of a movie as people were making it out to be because of musical reasons.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that was that was a great episode. Dr. Dan is we literally were like just all swooning. We're just like head and hands because this was pre-COVID. So we were actually in person and and we're all just kind of (gasps) watching. It was amazing. We had so much fun. (laughs) He's a cool guy.
1: Yep. Have uh, on again, yes, we do. Um, Sierra is an artist and Twitch streamer and all around cool person. And we always love featuring artists. So, uh, one of the things we always like to do is get into the origin stories. So I don't know where to start. The origin of
3: <laughs>
1: how you got into art, or origin in you know what 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 got you to to do things on Twitch. So. Dealers uh answer's choice, which which do you want to, to address first?
2: Um probably I guess artists, because that really is like the start of everything, I guess. <laughs> um so uh <laughs> I am actually not one of those people who would say um that like oh I'd been drawing my whole life. Um I I definitely did have some kind of proclivity to draw, but it definitely wasn't very constant to the point where, like, um, I was like filling up the fridge with drawings and all this stuff. Um, it wasn't like that. Uh, I actually didn't really start to think of myself as an artist until I think like fifth grade, um, and that was when I uh, I actually fell in love with video games. And video games are the thing that really kind of made me realize that art had a practical application as opposed to just like a, oh, I'm going to draw this thing because I want to draw this thing. And then that's it, you know, um like before that, art didn't really have any staying power for me, I suppose. And so it was when I was like, like I said, I think I was in like fifth grade or something that I had... I think it was the strategy guide specifically. This is going to sound so dumb. This is specifically the strategy guide for Kingdom Hearts 2.
3: Geek point. Okay.
2: <laughs> um, it was, I do have to also admit that it was the limited edition one that came with like the cover of Sora in uh, like a different um, uh, form. And he had mine had uh, the final form on it. And then it also came with like Jiminy's journal, which was a thing that actually like happens in game, but then you had a physical copy. So you could actually like physically keep track of all the items that you found. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's true. Awesome. geek points. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I I had that and I spent so much time looking at that, that strategy guide that I, um there was, I re- distinctly remember it. This is like the very, very first time I ever actually tried to be an artist. I sat down and I tried to draw, um, Roxas because he was, like, the first character in the Jimmy's journal. And I sat down and I tried to draw him, like, exactly the same way that he appeared in the journal. Um, and then from there, it just kind of... It definitely, you know, like, started with, like, fan art and stuff and then eventually evolved into, like, trying to figure out how I would draw, like, my own characters or whatever. Um... Or how to just, like, draw people that I knew in real life. And and stuff like that. Um, And from then, I just kept drawing. Um, However, I would not decide to do that for a career until literally senior year of high school. (laughs) Um, Sure. So, because I think in senior year of high school, I was... uh, That was when I decided... Or not decided. That was when I realized that, like, art was one of the only constant things in my life and it made sense to me that like this is something that I still love after all this time and that like I'm not sick of doing it so I was like I'm gonna go to art school and this is gonna be it and um being Asian there was that moment of sort of having to come out to my parents and be like I want to be an artist for money <laughs> And how did Um, they take that? My mom actually was not surprised. Like, huge props to my mom. Um, She's been so supportive of my art, like, literally ever since I picked up a pencil. Like, she was always, in retrospect, I should have known that she would have been supportive because she was always like, um, oh, Sierra, I went to Michael's, and do you need any more sketchbooks or pencils or canvases or paints? Like, let me know, and I'll go pick some up for you. Um, so, like, when I told her, I was, like, so nervous. I was, like, what if she's disappointed, you know, and all this stuff. And she was just, like, yeah, I know. (laughs) And I was, like, what? (laughs) Um, and she's, like, yeah, of course you want to be an artist. She's, like, that's, like, you love that, and you're good at it, and, you know, you like, it's something you very clearly care about, and she's, like, and I want you to do something you care about versus something you don't care about and that you're just kind of stuck with. (laughs) Um, so that was kind of amazing, realizing that, like, I, I had her support. And my dad was also super supportive, too. So that was, that was pretty great.
0: That is very cool. I, I all too often hear the opposite. It's good to know that there are parents out there that support their kids.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah, Sam. It, it always breaks my heart cuz I I feel bad cuz I'm kind of like I can't really relate cuz thankfully my parents were supportive off the bat. Like at most, I think I had a couple of family members who were like, "But you had a you had like a, a 31 on the ACT. Why wouldn't you just go and do whatever, <laughs> like anything else?" Um but that actually thankfully that was only kind of like a couple of questions and then once they realized that i was actually like serious they were like okay we support this now so um yeah thankfully everyone has been has actually been really nice and it is like a huge shame especially because um especially now that it's like coming up during you know this whole pandemic and stuff that like artists are kind of essential in the way that like you know people are watching um People are watching movies and TV shows and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, like, obviously, artists put so much effort into that, Um, you know. Uh, And, like, video games. Like, how many people took up video games during this whole time? Um, And, like, artists worked on those video games. Um, Mm
0: -hmm. Oh, yeah. there's. If it wasn't for artists, this pandemic would have been hell for everybody. Like, I have seen... I, I don't know a person that hasn't picked up an art started following an artist you know uh got into a movie or a tv show that they weren't into learned to do a new craft started gardening something you know and it's like when you look at it you go okay that's art is really what holds us together
2: Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely um so yeah to me it's just kind of a shame that more people aren't supportive of that and um think that it's not necessarily like a quote-unquote valid career choice, I guess. Um,
0: it's, it, that that blows me away. That that whole, know. like you said, that concept of like, you're intelligent, why would you be an artist? What is, how? Wh- I never understood that. And I, I've gotten that a few times as well, and, and, and my parents as well, both being artists themselves, you know. You're such intelligent people, why would you want to be artists? Intelligent people could be artists too.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like... <laughs> I I know I think a lot of people kind of um oh gosh and I don't want this is going to sound probably like I'm I'm bragging a little bit but like brag, brag away <laughs> um but like while I was in college I I was a tutor for literally like seven different subjects and people were like why are you here and I'm like because I like drawing things <laughs> and I want to I want to you know help bring things to life the the same way that I sat down and I fell in love with, like, characters from a video game when I was, you know, um, when I was, like, 9, 10 years old, I want to make something that someone else will fall in love with and hopefully that sparks something in them. Um, you know, like, I actually really like calc, (laughs) but I could not, for the life of me, do it as for a job. Like, I liked learning it, that was fun, but no. (laughs) <laughs> and that's okay.
4: Well, I can tell you this: you, you've already succeeded on one front. I, 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 I am absolutely infatuated with one of your pictures.
2: Oh no, which one is it? I Why did I say oh no? <laughs> <laughs> um, ah yes, is... self gouge.
4: <laughs> no, they're not an artist at all. No, it's okay. <laughs> uh, no, it's actually the, uh, the the cover picture for your Halloween. Uh, 2020. Uh, I I keep thinking Anastasia.
2: Oh, I, I had such a great time with that one. Um, that illustration um, for the the Halloween that I did. Um, that was actually my first time uh ma- doing the entire illustration in grayscale first, and then um, color uh, color mapping it. Or using like the the gradient to map the colors gradient map. That's what it is, it is. brain. Um, and then using a gradient map tool to kind of uh, pick those values that way. Um, I did all I did all of that actually in Procreate on my iPad. Um, I don't really use a ton of Photoshop for my illustrations anymore because uh, it's just a lot easier for me to just kind of sit down and just break out my iPad and pencil and just do it that way. Um, But yeah, that one was very experimental and I am, I'm actually quite happy with how that turned out. And I really want to try and do more things in that style, especially, and that was also a challenge because it was, I really, really wanted to make it look eerie. And I generally don't really do that. A lot of my stuff is kind of like very happy, very cheerful. And I, um, I don't know, I tried to change, like, the lighting in the, um, reference image, so that way then it looked kind of eerie, and I didn't know how successful it was going to be.
4: So it is Anastasia.
2: It's actually, what where was it? Um, it was actually, like, a pack of reference images that I bought, and I cannot remember which one it belongs to.
4: Because if you rude. if you go back and watch the the the, the Fox Anastasia movie,
2: oh, it, uh, absolutely, which is
4: one of my daughter's <laughs> abs- it, No, I'm sorry, it is my daughter's absolute favorite movie. Uh, that it, it immediately brings that to my to the forefront of my mind, and it's just that is so good.
2: Thank you. I yeah, I can totally see that, and I I um that's actually like really flattering to me because uh, Don Bluth is. Oh, I love Don Bluth.
4: Yeah, it, I. I'm 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 infatuated with that one, but I also like the uh I, I like the Asian landscape pictures. Um uh, I've I've always been a fan of Asian landscapes. So you got me on on two accounts.
2: I like
0: the Thank Firefox. You. The Firefox is really cute.
2: Oh I I actually I did all of that on stream. <laughs> awesome. That was literally a like 10 hour impromptu stream. Wow. Um cuz I did I did the sketch for it I think in like a previous stream and then it was literally, oh I can't even tell you when it was. Um the day before Thanksgiving. Um I think it was at like 9 or 10 p.m. my time. I was like, oh, I'm just going to stream on Twitch for a bit, um working on this and then it I literally, I think I stayed up until like five in the morning on Thanksgiving day working on that. So from start to finish, I just did that in one sitting because every time I was like, oh, I'll stop here. I was like, ooh, actually, no, I want to see what it looks like when I do this. Um, (laughs) And so, yeah, this, that was actually also experimental because that I literally only used a round brush for, um. And I normally use a ton of different brushes for my pieces. But that one, I was like, let's just stick with one brush. I'm not going to change brushes at all. We're going to stick with the one. And that's it. And so um, that definitely, uh, that was also a, an experiment on my part. But I, I don't know. I fell in love with the piece as I worked on it more and more. So I'm really glad also that, that's, that people like that one.
0: I like how you have this setup where uh, you have like the sketches below the picture.
2: yeah, i I always feel like it's important to show people that like this came from a place that didn't necessarily look good.
3: Mm-hmm. you know
2: um, like i I don't throw away my sketchbooks anymore. I used to, um but now I keep them uh for kind of like for myself, so that way then when I feel like I'm not growing, when I'm like, man, I just am not. I'm not getting better. I can look back and be like, no, you know what? This is what I drew a year ago. And I can already tell that like what I'm doing right now is better than this. So mm-hmm. I that's, I think it's true. really important. Yeah. That's, that's
0: something that, um, growing up with artist parents, my mom, like hammered into me. You keep your sketchbooks, you keep your sketchbooks, you always keep your sketchbooks because one day you're going to want to go back and look at that. And it's, it's good for perspective you know, I mean, in, like in raising my kids, they would want to get rid of their sketchbooks and I'd be like, "Nope, i kidding them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Somewhere I have like an entire bin full of my sk- kids' sketchbooks.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And uh, sometimes even now, like I I literally found a sketch that I did um, in high school and I was like, oh, I actually really like the concept of this. Obviously, I don't like the execution, but I was like, I really like this concept. And so there are things that like I found that I'm like, you know what, I will actually come back and review this because I feel like this is worth exploring now that I feel like I'm I can actually execute it in in a better way
0: and that's something that a lot of great artists have done throughout history so so you stopped at college we went to college for for art yeah and then, um, and, and then
2: um <laughs> I mean and then that's just kind of uh that's kind of it. Like I went to art school and um, thankfully my, my full-time job is a production artist. um, But I do also obviously illustration um, and stuff. And so now I, um, I do lots of both. I work primarily um, in digital, which is usually, like I said, procreate, or I also do um, traditional, art, which is either um, watercolor or acrylics, um, which have also been a lot of fun. And, uh, I mean, that's kind of just me now. <laughs> Not too much has changed. Um, let's see. Uh, the For those,
0: for those that out there that don't understand exactly what a production artist does, talk to us just briefly a little bit about like what entails being a production artist
2: oh yes uh so spe- I specifically am a production artist for a company that sells canvas prints so we um we license other artists to where we get other licensed other artists to li- license their artwork to us so we can sell them on um on canvases as prints for people um and so uh, as production artist, a lot of what my job is um is generally like looking at the artwork that gets sent to us, sizing it, cleaning it, determining um you know what um what is the best way to make it um ready to go to print or go to production so that's pretty much what a pr- most production artists are um I also worked I also used to work as a production artist for uh, screen printing companies, so I used to actually separate out the different layers that um that would be needed for screen printing on shirts um and so there's a lot of different types of production art but i it basically is as an artist you make sure that whatever it is going to production is ready um and uh yeah so i think i've done about two different types of production art now at this point
0: <laughs> cool it's it's good to hear from from people that get paid to art in some way, what it is that they're doing. Because I think a lot of people out there have this notion that, uh, you know, either it's success or fail on a grand scale. And it's like, no, you can, you can make a living in a lot of different ways.
2: Oh, yeah, know, absolutely. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. I mean, like I, I definitely, like I use my job pretty much requires me to use a mixture of Photoshop and Illustrator for pretty much all eight hours that I'm working. Um, And so there are definitely, like, I feel like a lot of, um, I think, again, this kind of goes back into, like, why some people may not be supportive or why they may not understand that there are more, there's more to art than just, like, slapping paint onto a canvas. Like, there are practical applications for it. And I think that one of the things that really needs to be explored is like how far that reach goes. Um, you know, because there are people who do storyboarding. There are people who obviously do like character concepts for art and for like, for games and books and stuff. Um, and then there are people like me who, uh, just make who like create the file that gets printed onto a canvas. So you can have, you know, um, so you can have your own like Banksy piece on a wall or whatever. Um things like that. Uh so it's not it's not just like oh hey, look at this pretty thing I drew. How much will you pay for it? Um there's tons of different ways to utilize those skills as an artist and I I kind of wish that um more people were made aware of like how many different options that there are to take. Um Because it's it's not just that, Um, you know, like there are, I know people who don't, who like can't draw, can't figure draw, but they're amazing graphic designers. Um, I know people who, uh, I know people who like, who say that they can't draw, but they can do absolutely beautiful calligraphy and they get paid to do wedding invitations and that kind of stuff. So there are absolutely options out there for people and i think that um i think education should include that kind of stuff as to like what exactly all those options are like medical illustration medical illustration is amazing um like one of my best friends is a me- medical illustrator and she could tell you you know like she could give you a fantastic anatomy lesson um and stuff and uh the th- like one of the things that she hates drawing is architecture, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so you like you don't need to be good at all these things. You can find things that you specifically like. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's a much broader spectrum, I think, than people think it is. Medical drawing sounds amazing. I didn't even think about that. Like that is that's man. Mm-hmm. Joe and I say this all the time. You know, the 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 counselors in the schools that that told us what we could do for a living did not tell us. About all of this cool stuff. Oh yeah, we absolutely.
3: Also,
1: <laughs> along mm-hmm. um, with. That. No one mentioned being a MythBuster was a uh, possible career as well. That so just
2: <laughs> right, mm. right, rude.
1: Although, to be fair, if that show had been out when I was a kid with my older brother, oh geez, <laughs> one or both of us would be severely scarred and/or missing limbs.
4: Am I okay. missing an eyebrow? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, we already asked that, that. That that was already part of our.
3: That happened anyway.
4: <laughs> yeah, our routine.
3: Oh, oh my, my gosh!
4: Oh, uh, the the back. If 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 you do if you don't know the uh, backstory behind that, uh, look it up online. It is absolutely <laughs> hysterical.
1: so, so you. Take, you took your love of art and then decided to bring it to Twitch?
2: Yeah, it's, yeah. so actually Twitch started off... Um, <laughs> Twitch is kind of silly. Twitch mm-hmm. started off as um, a way for me to hang out with my friends because I didn't know what Discord was, and I didn't know that you could like just stream games to Discord um, because uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake came out and my best friend wanted to watch me play it <laughs> and so i was like well i'll just stream it to twitch because we didn't know that you could do that to discord so i was like i'll just stream it to twitch and then that just kind of became a a thing that i would do on a somewhat regular basis was i would play through final fantasy 7 remake um and um the idea of me actually doing art on twitch didn't come up until I think, like, um, until I think the area when you get to Aerith's house in Final Fantasy VII Remake. I don't know if anyone's played it here um, or is familiar with that.
0: Unfortunately, no, but I'm sure our audience will get it.
2: Mm. So there's, um, it's like this beautiful set piece of like this gorgeous house um, that is almost like an oasis in kind of like the slums area. It's like filled with flowers and it's absolutely beautiful. And I remember multiple times stopping to take screenshots because I wanted to paint it later. And um, I think I said on stream something like, it was probably really silly, but I'm taking these screenshots so I can paint them later. (laughs) And uh, a couple people, by then I think like one or two people had, had started watching me and they were like, Oh, I would totally love to see you do that on stream. And I was like, really? Because like it, it had never actually occurred to me to do art on stream. And they were like, yeah, absolutely, you should totally do that. I still have yet to do that. Um, But uh, that was kind of when I was like, oh, I didn't realize people actually want to sit there and watch paint dry. (laughs) Like in digital art, obviously, doesn't matter because you know it's whatever. But um, I actually,
4: I I find fault in your logic because Bob Ross did it every day. (laughs) This you is know true. what? That that's is a geek point.
2: yes, absolutely. I would absolutely say that is one hundred percent a geek point. Um, there are, I think, there are actually some people that are like twenty four hours streaming Bob Ross tutorials on Twitch. Actually, that I think that, about that's
4: it. that's fantastic because <laughs> I get tired of watching them. I I, I watch them on Netflix. <laughs> I, I I I no shame. No. I
1: I I do have to uh, I. Played the original Final Fantasy VII. Uh, I think it was one of the first games I got when, when I got my PlayStation Two um, before the the because as my mom was like, oh, this one you can play the the PlayStation One games on it. Um, so I did not play the remake. I do I, I remember I did play it uh, the, the original, um, but I don't think I got that far because I am really not good at
3: video games.
2: Oh, it's totally, it's totally all right. Final Fantasy is, is kind of, is, it definitely, um, sometimes they don't tell you things that like, yeah. there's, sometimes there's a lot more that you need to like kind of figure out besides what they like, just tell you at phase value. And so it's like, I don't, uh, when I was younger, I like, there were a ton of times where I could not get through Final Fantasy 10 because I didn't understand what I was supposed to be doing. And then playing it as like a teenage, like a l- young adult, you know a full adult like now i'm like oh okay now i understand what you want me to do okay I,
1: I think final fantasy 10 i think that's the one where i i got i think i got to about the end and realized i didn't pick up like the a one of the aeons that was absolutely necessary because i did not like make a left turn and i was just like a- and you couldn't go back and get it and i was just like okay um
2: oh no now I'm, now i'm trying to figure out which of the aeons it would have been because yeah. Bahamut is necessary. Anima is out of the way. So I think it probably would have either been Anima, the, think- the mega-sister. No, it couldn't have been the mega-sisters. Because you need all the Aeons for the mega-sisters.
1: Yeah, I th- want to say it was... I think I had Bahamut, but I did not have the, uh, the other one you mentioned. Uh, Anima. It's
2: Anima or Yojimbo. Yojimbo you had to pay a lot of Gil for.
1: Ooh, you know what? Either way. <laughs> either one, I- yeah. I was like got there and I'm like it, what no what what and then like I went online you know to look up like what did I do wrong and you know it's like oh, you didn't get this and I was like oh well how can I can I get back there no okay
2: well shit
1: <laughs> do do I have a save point from nope okay then oh yeah. that's the
2: worst yeah, yeah. saving over <laughs> yeah, saving was- over
1: oh man yeah so yeah I, I the beautiful game though uh final fantasy 10 uh i think that was the that was like the first game where i was like it, it's sort of like kayla and i now when we we see like the commercial well, well not now because we can't go to movie theaters but back when we were going to movie theaters and you would see the uh advertisements for the games and we'd be sitting there like is this an animated movie coming out like what oh no it's the next you know tom clancy rainbow <laughs> cell or whatever uh and it was always like this is so good and I know Kayla and I have said before it's like uh someone just needs to give send us the links to like uh, super cuts of all the cut scenes put together so we can just watch I actually I should say I actually did that with the uh watch some of like a string of super cuts of the uh uh the injustice
2: uh oh yeah 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 yeah
1: yeah that's some good stuff. Yeah,
2: I used yeah. to watch
0: my friends play video games just for the cutscenes.
2: I think that's how a lot of I think that's how a lot of, um, streaming is kind of, like, video game streaming is almost kind of born, is just, like, that vicarious, like, I don't want to, I don't want to sit down and have the patience to, like, actually learn how to play this myself, but I am invested and interested in the story, because it looks amazing, and so, here, you do this for me. (laughs) Um, Which is, like, a totally valid way to enjoy video games, and I'm so glad that, you know, there are tools like Twitch that you know, let people kind of experience games that way. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of how I decided I was going to start um, doing art on Twitch. And so I tried to keep it sort of balanced. It was between like how often I do art and how often I play video games on Twitch. Um, a lot of, I want to say like 90% of the games that I play are JRPGs because of course they are. Because <laughs> that's that's the thing that made me fall in love with art, and that's the video game genre that made me fall in love with video games. Because um, I I could not do platformers. I still can't do platformers. I like I can't. I my brain just does not get around the the like. It doesn't understand spatial reasoning apparently, and I I don't know why, but I can't play Mario. It it makes me upset. <laughs> I have never in
0: my life, and I've been around a long time. I have never in my life gotten past the first level of Mario. I'm
2: I s- I beat <laughs> I I beat Mario I beat Mario sixty four when they came out with the one on the DS. I did actually beat that, and I really really liked Sunshine. But outside of that, I like I I'm like no 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 I can't I can't they're, they're too they're too much for me.
0: Everybody has their thing.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and I will one hundred percent cop to not being able to do it. I will be like, nope, you go ahead and you play it, and I will be here and I will think that you're amazing because you can. To me, this is mind boggling. So. <laughs> so, so, what's
0: next for you? What are you working on?
2: Um, so, uh, there's a couple of there's like a little bit of like I I guess a myriad of of things that I'm working on that I actually have. Out in my planner right now. Um, so right now, I am currently working on a collaboration Kickstarter with um, a couple of other artists. Um, we are working on a set of like fun little side quests um, that uh, a DM can use for their game. So not full adventures, but you know, if if your party is looking for like a little bit of downtime, uh, here's some stuff that they can do um and we are actually kind of creating it so it's like a um so it's like a little board posted in a tavern and then you can see all of these like notices that people wrote um cute i like that that's cool yeah so i will um i will kind of i'll talk a little bit about what the one that i am super super proud of so far that i've been working on um i have uh, i made one I made a little side quest for um some potion testers wanted, and that would be that'll be a lot of fun <laughs> i think because um, we we designed it so that way then as of right now, it's just for parties level one through five um five e compatible just to kind of um you know just to keep it like a little easier and friendlier and less little low stress um, but yeah, so we have some some other fun things planned for that. And so we are working on that. Um, No official start date yet, just because this year's kind of been crazy, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But that is something that um, I'm working on. I am also working on um, a couple of, uh, I am actually working on a couple of scripts for a Webtoon comic um, that I want to put out. Um, okay. uh, I was, uh, I think I actually toyed with this idea, um, last year. And I remember I stayed up until five o'clock in the morning writing the script, and then my laptop died and it wasn't on Google Docs.
3: Uh oh. Oh
2: no. So I lost quite a bit of it. And I was like, you know what? I learned my lesson. Always (laughs) Google Docs, always. From now on, because that that's that stuff saves all the time. Um, but yeah, so I wanted to I I writing the script for a webtoon about a group of friends that come that come together and play a tabletop RPG together. Um, and so it's like a fun little slice of life, like uh, you know, talking about some of the things that you find yourself in as you play D and D, like. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm gonna do this really, really cool thing. Oh, I guess I could roll three natural ones in a row instead. (laughs) That's totally fine. (laughs) Um, you know, things about like talking how people approach making characters and stuff. Like, do you make your care do you min-max your character or do you make like a really funny character that's like the wackiest race with, like, the the wackiest, like, class abilities and stuff? Um, or do you just, like, hit randomize and go, you know? So um, those are a couple of things that I'm working on um, as far as, like, creatively goes. Um, uh, I guess I should probably talk about, like, on t- Twitch, where I also play games. Um, I am working on getting through Persona 5 Royal right now. And finishing that up, so that way then I can play Persona Five Strikers on stream, because that's like one of my favorite game series ever. Um, I'm actually a huge fan of just Shin Megami Tensei um, as a whole. Like I, I freaked out when I found Shin Megami Tensei three in a GameStop that still that like somehow still had PS2 games. I freaked out because it was only like twenty bucks. And I think that was in, like, high school or something. Um, It was either late high school or early college. But I found it, and it was only, like, 20 bucks. And I immediately picked it up, and I would not shut up about it for months. Um, And, yeah, so that's kind of what I'm working on creatively right now. Um, And also, I guess, on Twitch through streaming games. Um, There isn't a whole lot else that I can really talk about right now. (laughs) <laughs> but, yeah, those are the things I can't talk about. Um,
1: gotcha. um, for your Kickstarter, do you guys have a yeah, you have a, a date set to launch it so we can have people keeping an eye out for it or uh, that's uh, to be to be determined
2: we I believe we were going to record the video for it this week and then launch it. i th- I think the only thing left that we have to do to launch it is just make the video. um. Because we are all pretty much almost done with our, um with like our own individual quests and stuff, and so it pretty much is at this point just figuring out you know whether or not we spring for um handmade uh zines or if we're gonna get them um you know done by a, a third party company and stuff um if we get the funding for that hmm. Uh, so I think I want to say when does this comes out Thursday or. Yeah,
1: yeah. So this will be out is that Thursday would be the 11th, I think. Yeah.
2: Okay. I'm hoping that, that we've made the video by the point that everyone is listening to this. <laughs> um, but I know for sure that we definitely wanted to launch it by the end of the month. Um, cause we actually missed the deadline for zine quest, um, if you guys know what Zine Quest is? Yeah.
1: Uh, last our, our our guest last week, uh Zach, uh he he had a uh his he had a zero level adventure for his campaign setting. Uh The Lights of Winthrop Manor uh was the, he had had it as part of Zine Quest. Uh I think they were like the last they did like the last window of of Zine Quest. So it was sort of it had it had just ended with the end of February. Uh, and another friend of ours, uh, Brian Dalrymple of uh, Alligator Alley Entertainment, and he's the owner, well, principal owner of the adventure game store, uh, our friendly local game store. Uh, he had one. He had a, a, a zine as well uh, for Zine Quest uh, this year.
2: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I wish more people knew about Zine Quest because it's like so, it's so cool to see like what comes out of that.
1: To be um... to be honest, up until up until last week or so, had no clue. Uh, so I, I think our friends at Kickstarter might need to do a little bit better job of promoting ZineQuest. I would agree.
0: Oh yeah, and we're helping.
1: We we will do our part. Uh, you know, as Zach told us, this was and and for Zach it was he didn't know about it until uh, one of his uh, writing partners on their campaign setting, who's also named Zach, uh, was like, "Hey, we should probably do something with you know." Back I think he said like in November he came to like, "Hey, you want to do something for Zine Quest? And Zach was like. What's ZineQuest? So, yeah. Uh, but we will definitely do our part to make sure to uh, cover that in the future, since now we are aware of it, you know. And if Kickstarter would like to, you know, do a sponsorship during February, <laughs> we're more than open.
2: Oh, that would be so cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kickstarter, come on. Like, Zine, please, like, m- put out more emails about ZineQuest. I think I only got one, and that was it. And I was really disappointed.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, it seems like those that are in the industry, you know, kind of know about it, but it's not pushing its way past those that are doing it,
2: kind of. I would, yeah, no, I would absolutely agree. Like, uh, if if you're already in sort of like the habit of making or looking for RPG zines, then it does seem like you already know about it. But I had to explain to multiple people what a zine was when I was talking about it. Um, And... I was like, oh man, but they're like zines are so cool because they're like, that's one of the ultimate like forms of self-expression that came out. Oh
1: yeah. I, I, I remember back in the, back in my college days, uh, you know, it seemed like everybody was putting out some sort of zine based on, you know, musical tastes, uh, art culture. I mean, it was, uh, Chicago especially had a pretty good, uh, zine uh community in the mid to late 90s as I recall it was you know I remember picking up some interesting little 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 zines around the uh you know the either like the the alternative bookstores or you know just kind of put out it being at being in college you had kind of had access to strange cultures there too
2: ooh did you ever go to Quimby's because Quimby's is still open and they are definitely are super into the zine um into zines and stuff i think they actually had like a club
1: that name sounds that name sounds really familiar from from 20 plus years ago
2: (laughs) can i give you a geek point just for vaguely knowing quimby's because i feel like not enough people know about quimby's in chicago (laughs) yeah well i uh i had a lot of friends
1: who were who were locals and we would we would take these walks uh and 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 just end up in the the strangest of places Um, you know it's it was you know i also ended up at like the annoyance theater Um, so you know
3: (laughs) that's awesome
1: yeah so yeah the locals know where the really cool stuff was those of us from out of state who just kind of wandered around you know i mean after you see the sears tower and it will always be the sears tower um I don't care what the, who owns it now.
2: Can I give you a geek point for that statement? Because <laughs> yes. I thoroughly agree. Yes. <laughs>
1: uh, you know, once you, you know, you go and you see the Wrigley Building, and you you, know, you get told about how there's a stone from all these different places there, and it's like you do the the tour, and of course you have to do the boat tour, which nobody tells you, regardless of the time of year, is going to be freezing. <laughs> um, yeah. After that, it's like you, you have to find yourself a a, a local chicago in to show you like the good places you know pick your you know get get the right pizza place get the right you know place to get your hot dog and your 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 beef sandwich and yeah it's so important to have your to have the right local because otherwise you know you get the well you can always go to gino's east which i'm not knocking them but they're not they're not the best chicago pizza so
2: oh yeah Yeah. i will die on that hill (laughs) That's a good hell. That's a good hell to die on. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, it's just like I wish that people knew more about zines, and it's um it's a shame because I feel like they have a lot to ar- to offer the RPG community. Mm. Um I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I I think there was a a time when folks saw like the you know, the the explosion of the like blogging and uh, in websites as kind of, I don't know if when I say like the, the, you know, it was sort of like the conversion of the zine from, you know, material space to digital space. And I mean, it made sense to me because the, you know, the whole thing about the zine was, you know, being able to talk about whatever your, you know, produce whatever was your passion, you know, like I said, most of the zines I, I remember seeing, you know, were usually based around music, the you know the music scene or art scene, um, or uh, one of the ones that sticks out my head. I wish I could remember the name of it, but it was uh you know it was for the the LGBTQ community, and it was just like you know guerrilla journalism or guerrilla expression. You know, you weren't having to go through you know major publishers to put out your essay, your thoughts, your art. You know, and I, I think for a while there was I that thought that, that you know the Blogging sites had kind of swallowed that up, but what those usually are missing is the art side of it, in my opinion. You know, there was something also the tangible. I there was something about holding, you know, that that little little document, a little little booklet, maybe you know, maybe not as as well polished as you know as a magazine. But then, and this is gonna me to go off on a weird tangent. But if you are a student of the history of tabletop role playing games, it's kind of what Gary and Dave Arneson, Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson did with the, the, the little white books back in the day. You know, those are photocopied and stapled in Gary Gygax's basement and packed and shipped out of his basement, you know, before they, you know, moved to the office space in Lake Geneva. So, you know, our the hobby started really as kind of a zine.
2: Yeah, that's that's very true. It really was just like here's a list of rule like here's a list of rules and ideas on how you can play make believe <laughs> like mm-hmm. you know in your own in your own home and stuff. Um and it's so crazy that now it's evolved to the point where like there is a super popular like almost TV show that happens every week. Yeah. You know, where people just sit around and play like in their own words, sit around and play Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Hell yeah. You
1: <laughs> I mean, a mean a group of nerdy ass
2: voice actors? Yeah, absolutely <laughs> nerdy ass voice actors. Oh my God. I love that. Of-
0: oh, we are we are a critter household.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I oh oh my gosh. I um I will admit that um I actually I knew a lot of them from, like, anime and stuff before they did the Critical Role. Yeah! Um... And so, like, it was crazy to me to be like, What? Roy Mustang is gonna he's gonna play <laughs> D&D with Lust? And, and, uh, Liam, like, oh, that's right, Liam is also, like, Gara in Naruto, and, um... And, and like Margaret from Persona, I was like, "What? Yeah, their me, credits are insane." Real.
0: Yeah, that's that's the thing that a lot of people, a lot of a lot, even creditors don't understand is that their credits were ridiculous before they started this. They just mm-hmm. were able to go outside without getting swamped before, and now they're not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> now we know what you look like. Mo
1: <laughs> I mean, I mean, when I was listening, you know, I first was uh, like, "Wait a minute." That the The youngest Seaver child from growing pains is almost <laughs> and and the little kid from from Mr. mom what
2: oh my gosh yeah <laughs> they uh, like but it's so crazy, right that that this this what a lot of people would c- have either considered a silly game or like you know um a satanic ritual like this is now a mm-hmm very almost like household name. Yep. Like that. Yeah. Like I, I literally um, obviously pre-pandemic literally walked into a hot topic and I saw like D&D stuff in its own dedicated mm-hmm. section and I was like what?
0: <laughs> I was yeah. like are
2: you literally telling me that I can buy a hoodie with the D&D logo and I'd be cool?
0: Yeah I remember. I, I think uh... you have to
4: thank Stranger Things for that.
2: That yeah, did help. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, Stranger Things definitely helps. I remember when we were first starting the podcast and we were talking to people and my favorite phrase at the time was we're the cool kids now. Absolutely. You know, because we were the the uh as as uh, Master Mercer puts it, uh we were the uh the indoor weird kids, you know, all of us for a very long time. And now we're still indoor weird kids, but now we're indoor weird cool kids.
3: So-
1: I mean yeah. <laughs> I, I, i'm kind of i'm kind of almost well not as good at it but I, I i'm i fall more into the travis willingham side of things where yeah
0: you are I, so jocks machina,
1: jocks machina. <laughs> i i was on i was i would play i would be at the football game i wouldn't won't say play because unless we were winning by a lot or losing by a lot i did not see the field except for to stretch on it
3: oh, uh, oh no yeah
1: um but I would Friday nights I was on the sidelines, and Saturday afternoons I was at a friend's house doing you know, as you do in high school that six hour eight hour D and D session, you know. So I I, I split my time between both worlds. But uh, yeah, I don't think I told the football team about playing D and D on Saturdays. Probably for my
2: I oh God when I first got into D and D I like I couldn't even tell my friends what it was because. None of them under, like could wrap their head around it. they were like, "You're still playing pretend." They're like, "You're you're not a kid anymore." And I'm like, "But I'm I'm only like we're like seven years old. Like it's fine." It's, you don't understand. It's, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. Play pretend though. <laughs> mm. <laughs> With more dice rolling.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and look at the dice. It's more than just six sides. Look at yeah. some of them have less.
2: Some oh my of them god. Have more. <laughs> that blew my mind the first time I experienced it. I was like, "What? This is possible!"
1: All, all I I remember when we got into it, all of the board games in the house lost their dice. Just, just all the all the six sides. Just, hey, where's the dice for Monopoly? Hold on, let me go get them out of the dice bag. In the D
2: and D stuff. Just say, did you did you need them for for all your spells?
1: Yes. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, if you're going to drop a fireball, you have to have all the d6s to roll at once because math is hard.
2: Oh, man. It's like, that's oh, like one of the best uses of d6s is just fireball. Fireball.
1: <laughs> fireball, lightning bolt. Any of those, any of those at the third level. That's when you, as a D&D player, especially if you're playing a wizard and you've, you've suffered through, and as someone who has played since, um, let me just say, when you got to access to fireball or lightning bolt, oof, That all that hard work of not getting killed by the, you know, goblin with a short sword really felt epic. And you're just like, okay, I'm going to use my one third level spell, fireball,
2: right there.
0: Everything.
1: Yes.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That needs to be a t-shirt. Just fireball,
2: everything. <laughs> I didn't ask how large the room was. I said I cast fireball. <laughs> exactly. <Good point>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I
1: have uh, i i kayla runs a game that we've been recording we haven't released it yet i i still have to do the editing for it but uh i i play uh support characters for the various places that that the main party goes to uh and this last one i was playing a a wild magic sorcerer um and they oh boy I, i dropped quite a few fireballs and uh so for Christmas this year the I got a the, the t-shirt was was fireball the solution to and cause a, of solution to problems and cause of other problems or something like that and it's like yep that's
2: <laughs> it's valid
1: it's true oh yeah oh very very much i mean it the question is have it or not the question but the, the 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 thing is make sure you have a tiefling or a fire genasi or somebody with resistance to fire in the party cuz I can oh, only ca- really I can only careful cast so much with my sorcery points
3: <laughs> before you or that light, or that, live-
4: that lightfoot halfling rogue that looks at you and goes, "Oh, your AoE spell? Yeah, it doesn't hit."
0: <laughs>
1: ha ha! Oh, <God>. yeah, <laughs> evasion, might. Mm. <laughs> and and also they were hi- they were hiding behind the uh, behind the half orc or
4: the. Uh, oh. Hide behind the human, yeah. Or hide behind, I mean. the human. especially if you're a lightfoot halfling, you can hide yes. behind a creature that's one size bigger than you. Yeah, <laughs> yes. And when you're small, everything is one size bigger than you.
1: <laughs> that That was Kayla's and and not safe for wizards podcast. That was Kayla's like early, early thing was okay. And I have my bonus action, and I'm gonna hide behind the paladin.
0: Yeah, yeah, because when I was low levels, I was super squishy, and I didn't have a lot, so it was like, hit and hide, hit and hide. Mm-hmm. Now she just, like, walks into shit and smacks people, but, you know. <laughs> she
1: she looks for whoever the, the cleric or uh, the, pal- the, the, the paladin ranger or the uh, half-orc fighter have squared up on. She, she's like, I'm going to go fight them, and uh, 46 sneak attack damage. Wah-ha. Please and thank you. <laughs>
0: Yeah, halflings are fun. Yes, are
1: ha- halfling rogue assassin. That's...
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, it, it, just just to give you a little heads up, uh, half, halfling rogue thief is a lot of fun too. Uh, oh yeah. Especially when you take a couple of level, a couple levels of cleric. That could get very interesting. Ooh. Oh, which, which do you mean? Um, I, I'm going to say one, one spell. Uh, you only really need two spells. Sanctuary. And inflict wounds. Oh. You only need two spells. You only need two. I'm going to walk in. You're not going to not gonna hit me. You're not even going to attempt to hit me. You're going to look at the other way. And then once I get up to you, you're going to hurt. A lot. Yeah. Pain. Ooh. Lots yeah. of
3: pain. Pain.
4: Lots and lots of pain. <laughs> Keep playing for that. Thank you.
3: Yeah.
0: You got the reference too, so that was pretty good. I love Watt. <laughs> yes, I knew him before he was Vision. <laughs> oh
3: man!
0: Goodness gracious! Yep, we're a bunch of dorks.
4: Well, Welcome to the show. It's so good. <laughs> prefer, I, prefer, I, I believe the preferred nomenclature is geeks.
1: Yeah, yes. I will. We all accept geek and or nerd.
2: <laughs> wasn't Wasn't uh, that like a, a big debate? Was like geek is more about like pop culture stuff versus like a nerd is more about like knowing how to do calculus in your head and stuff like that? Wasn't that like a huge fight or something a few there, years ago?
4: There was not it. not not amongst people who matter.
2: If that's you know <laughs> I, what? Yeah, I that's yeah. valid. <laughs> I,
1: I I do remember the discussion, and and the main thing was was about geeks being passionate about. Uh, particular cultural things, uh, but I, I, I would say there is a, there, if it's a Venn diagram, there is a lot of overlap uh, on Geeks and Nerds because I can, you know, if, if we ever really got into it, like having a like deep dive discussion on the mechanics of D&D through the, you know, through the additions, I'm right there to have that talk because I have some thoughts on on the old saving throw system. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, I, I think I think you can be safe, geek or nerd, dork. I I've, I'm so glad to see that like that term is really kind of disappeared from. Sorry, no, it's fine.
0: See, it was a term of endearment for me, but yeah, we're you know the geek and the nerd. That's that's where it's at. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can be both or either.
1: Mm-hmm. You, know you know what? Though I, I think if, I think if you become one of the gatekeeping nerds or geeks then you definitely are a dork then you're a dork okay that's for that no
3: I
0: gatekeepers
1: no... go away yes yeah, let's yeah. say
2: depending on how far you you take that gatekeeping i might call you a couple of other things too but you oh know. yes oh, no, no. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: yes absolutely
2: i have uh, an entire list of of colorful
0: <laughs> sayings
1: actually i don't
0: have the, i don't have the list anymore i have to start the list again
1: Oh, because it's, it's on your old phone?
0: Because it's on my old
1: phone. Hey, Ugh. I believe you also did have in your journal, the one of your journals. Yeah, you had, yeah I think I had, had a
0: list in, in one of my yeah. D&D journals because we kept coming up with stuff, oddly enough. We kept coming up with stuff at the table. So <laughs> to to give you a little backstory, um, I have I have a particular saying that is my favorite, like, dirty, naughty, don't say in front of children saying. And I had this idea that I wanted, first I wanted to put it on a pillow, because that's just fun. And then I came full around to, eventually I'm going to do this, and our our company's called Secondhand Goddess. So we want to have the goddesses' dirty pillows and fun bags. And this it is, is going so to nice be <laughs> throw pillows and tote bags with the absolute worst sayings you can possibly think of. Oh God, and I had yeah. a list. <laughs> so now I have, I have to compile the list. I love airport. that. I love that stuff. <laughs> I have uh, the the first the prototype that I made is a uh, is a blue uh, like tote bag, like shopping tote bag uh, that I keep my crocheting in that says "twat waffle" in like oh. beautiful script.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing! <laughs> so I have to compile
0: the list again.
2: <laughs> well, let's uh,
1: to be respectful of time and and whatnot, uh, Sierra. We. You know, would definitely love to have you back on so we can, especially, find out how the, the Kickstarter went. But we should probably get going to the geek news.
3: Geek news. Woohoo. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's that time. <laughs> uh, who would like
4: to go first?
0: Not it. Okay. I will. Will's always got good stuff. Will goes first. I've only got like <laughs> two. The
4: time. Um, so I, I would like you to think back on your biggest, oh shit moment. Oh. Especially when it comes to your jobs. Mm. Oh. And okay. how bad could it really have been? Oh, no. Ooh. Was it really bad? Was it really, really bad?
2: Was oh, it, oh, no shit, I
4: accidentally released the Snyder Cut? <laughs> Oops! Oh, no!
1: <laughs> I saw that note today. I was like, what?
3: Oh,
4: kidding, yeah, the the, 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 it the Snyder Cut the of
3: year, the G- Yes! The s- <laughs>
4: The Snyder Cut of Justice League was accidentally posted early for a handful of HBO Max users who might have wanted to watch a different movie. Oh, Um, So, earlier today, being Monday when we recorded this, a gentleman by the name of Doug Bass, who is a realtor and does digital marketing out of Charlotte, North Carolina was looking for some background TV audio while he was working and clicked on the Tom and Jerry movie. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh! Only no. it wasn't <laughs> Tom and Jerry. It was the Snyder Cut. What? How? Quickly, Which he quickly posted a screenshot of and posted it to Twitter. And obviously HBO had an issue with that because about an hour into it, it went away. Uh, So he did get to see an hour of the Snyder Cut, which is a quarter of the movie, (laughs) (laughs) Um, before they noticed that it it was up and decided they were going to take it down quickly and put up a nice little uh, oopsie. Sorry, you weren't supposed to see that. Um, But for the rest of us, uh, we have to all wait until March 18th. Damn it.
2: Oh, my God i'm so glad you talked yeah. about this <laughs> oh yeah if she if, if if Kayla didn't give you the 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 uh, geek point i absolutely would have i gave, I gave so him
0: happy. one for both of us i gave him one for me and one from you so.
4: <laughs> Wow. Oh so God. if you're going through your work week this week and you went man i really screwed up but at least i didn't preemptively release the snyder cut <laughs>
2: I don't. I don't understand how that happens. Seriously.
4: Uh, oops, I linked this to this, and I. Oops. I mean, yeah. crying out loud, we sent we the the British science people sent a rover a a, a rover to Mars and it, it paled because <laughs> they programmed it in meters, but did the software. And
0: <laughs> uh, that's true. Uh, I don't know. It it almost seems like. Like, was it an oops, or was it a somebody was mad at somebody?
2: (laughs) Was like a vindictive, like, push the button?
0: Right? (laughs) It was like like the Little Mermaid cover. Like, it was somebody that knew they were getting fired.
4: (laughs) I can see that, actually. Oh, my God, the
2: Little Mermaid cover. Can I give you a geek point for that? Because I haven't thought about that in a while. (laughs) I I own it.
4: As do I.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I
4: also I also own the, the the I also own the original uh the the original episode four uh screen run um and the original Aladdin run.
0: Wow. Ooh. Very cool.
4: Yeah, for, for for all you youngins out there, the original episode four run, um Space Mom Carrie Fisher uh adjusted the goods, shall we say. <laughs> A little fluff job right there on camera. Uh, that that is, by the way, not in the current cut. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's
0: there's also a nip slip in the uh, the Twilight Dancer. Yes. yes. That did not make it to the second cut either. <laughs>
1: and I and I believe for uh, for episode six, Return of the Jedi, uh, I believe. Uh, there was a, a scene where you know where where it's very noticeable that Carrie Fisher's pinky fingernail is way longer than her other fingernail. Oh fingernails.
3: Ooh. Uh, and
1: I, yeah, and uh Not a that, good luck
0: for Space Mom.
1: Yeah, so that that was I believe also the they they shortened up the uh the the scenes where you can see her fingernails. Interesting. Of course, and, and of course uh famously uh poor Miss Fisher was uh Not allowed to wear much in the way of undergarments because, according to George Lucas, there was no underwear underwear. in space. Yeah,
4: (laughs) Ah,
0: Carrie. I mean, seriously, the shit. I've seen a few interviews before she like chilled out and forgave, (laughs) and like she went through some shit. Like, no joke. Poor what we do for sci-fi.
1: Listen, I, I will. You know, as much as Carrie Fisher suffered. Um, I forget where I read this, but there is a story. Uh, so Shelley Duvall, uh, who had worked for George Lucas on American Graffiti, uh, was interested in auditioning for the role of Princess Leia. And uh, when asking her, I believe she was asking her agent what they were looking for, and the note came back, a younger Shelley Duvall type. <laughs> Cruelty just abounds.
0: Yeah. Oh, the 70s war. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the 70s were very, very tough. Oh, goodness gracious. Lost time in Hollywood back then.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. Right?
0: Wow. What else you got, so, Will?
4: So, to continue on the oh my God, this happened to me uh, this week thing, Um. you ever go to work and you turn your computer on and it just boot up past safe mode. I've had that. Yes. Mm. Did you have it on the Hubble Space Telescope? Oh, strangely, no. <laughs> because they did. Oh, God. Um, more, te- more technological stuff. Um, on March 7th, uh, early in the morning at around 4 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, the Hubble Space Telescope went into safe mode due to, due to an onboard software error. Oh. Uh, this is according to NASA. All science systems appear normal. I love it when they use the word "appear." <laughs> and Hubble is safe and stable. The team is working plans to safely return it to normal science operations.
0: Okay, good to know they're fixing it. Not a great morning for them.
4: No, no, yeah. no, no, no. The first they have their first SpaceX has a, a, a an oopsie word. You know their their uh, their newest attempt at a rocket blew up after landing. Uh, successful landing, and then it exploded. Then <laughs> <laughs> it's not like it crashed. It safely landed, and then said, "Nope, nope, nope. Uh, what? How? How did uh, they, they? How did Elon Musk put it? Um, rapid, unexpected disassembly." <laughs> And uh, It's called a RUD, an R-U-D, Rapid Unexpected Deliver- uh, Disassembly.
2: All right. It's- Considering <laughs> his naming conventions for his kid, that somehow doesn't surprise me that that's how he's going <laughs> to classify that.
4: Every generation has to have that eclectic, weird, uh y guy who's going wait- to name their kids weird shit. Yes. It's just, it's going to happen. It's required.
0: <laughs> wow. Wow. This this portion of the news brought to you by the oh shit moment.
4: <laughs> so we're we're I, I'm out of the oh shit moment now. I've got two really fun things. Um, cool. Do we still do we still use stamps? Yes, I do. Yeah. Okay. Well, for for those of you who don't use stamps or you know do use them and, or practice you know philately, um, if you don't know what it is, look it up. No, it's not a dirty word.
3: Google <laughs> it, kids.
0: <laughs> Google it. Hold, on, I, hold on, I gotta Google it. No, go ahead.
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh, USPS has released their Star Wars collection stamps for this year. Ooh. And they will be released on what day? May the 4th? Absolutely right, Joe. Yes. Yes. Take your geek point, Joe. <laughs> yes.
2: Oh my god, I know exactly what I'm going to get in bulk to write to my pen pals. Hell
4: yeah! So this year uh, the stamps have gone to the droids.
3: Oh, cool! Ooh!
4: So this year... Great, let's embolden
1: uh, the machines even more.
0: Well, I have to, like, build my army.
4: Exactly right.
0: (laughs) Go ahead, Will. I'm sorry. Uh,
4: The stamps are available for pre-order starting on April 5th, and I'm trying to get to open. It will not open ha, opened. Uh, so the 10 that they have released are IG11, R2d2, K2SO, DO, L337, BB8 C3po, the Gonk droid, the B- the 21 B droid which is I uh, think medical droid for Luke in episode 5. Uh, and my favorite droid, Jabba. Yay.
2: Nice. Very cool. So
4: very much looking forward to this. Uh, like I said, you can pre-order April 5th and they will be released on May the 4th. Do we have uh, what the cost
2: will be for?
4: I did not see that in the article.
2: Hmm. Oh yeah, Paris what do what do Forever Stamps cost now?
4: Like $16. No, I'm kidding. It's like... <laughs> It's probably like, I don't know, 55 cents,
2: something like that. I think it's like every year I spend like 20 bucks in stamps just getting whatever like is special that came out that year just so I can put it on uh, when I send letters to pen pals. And so I'm always like, I'm always like, oh man, it increased again. But it's usually only like a couple cents. So I'm always curious. I never actually like keep track of how much they cost because I just I pay for it then and then don't worry about it until I run out.
0: Per Google, it is currently 55 cents. Ooh, I was, I was close. Good job. Nice.
4: That's a geek point. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Good. So I, my my last my last little bit is is we have to we we have another thing that we have to do this year, um road trip, if we can find enough backers. Okay. Um, you ever been to upstate New York?
1: Ah, uh, yes. Yes. Ticonderoga,
4: New York. Mm, don't believe so. Ah. Well, if we go uh, on the weekend of July 23rd and 24th of this year, we can join Captain oh, James yeah. T. Kirk himself, William Shatner, to celebrate his 90th birthday.
0: Yes, that was going to be one of mine. Oh my God, I'm uh, so no don't know. It's sorry. cool.
4: It's cool. It's cool. Talk about it. <laughs>
2: we can share. We share. Sharing it. is sharing is caring. Hi, just just to clarify, did you say Ticonderoga? Yes. Like the Pencil? Correct. Huh. I did not know that that was also the name of a city. I only know Ticonderoga that I loved I, when I was in grade school. <laughs> it's also
1: I, I a, think a that, major battle a in the point.
2: American Revolution.
1: That is also a geek
0: point. <laughs> so yeah, um, William Shatner is uh, celebrating his 90th birthday, and they're doing this big hullabaloo. Um yeah, it looks really interesting. They're doing a, uh, like, a, they've got a replica of the set of the Ooh. original Enterprise.
1: Which, which is interesting because we are right now recycled through the Star Trek series. So our nightly go-to-bed series is the original series.
0: Yes. Yes. I believe I woke up this morning to uh, uh, City on the Edge of Forever.
1: Yes. I'm and, and then- <laughs> And then, and then, actually, like, got up, I believe, uh, for uh, a mock time.
0: I think I went to sleep to the arena. I'm pretty sure I went to sleep to the arena. This is this is what kind of geeks we are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Will, did you have the price list?
4: I I do. Uh, there's a Go number for of it. options. Uh, the early bird general admission price is forty nine ninety nine the regular price is gonna be eighty dollars uh, it gets worse <laughs> or 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 better depending on your point of <laughs> view uh, sorry for from a certain point of view a little cross genre there for you Take your uh,
3: thank you point.
4: <laughs> thank uh, you <laughs> four ninety nine for a tour with William Shatner himself a uh, hundred Four hundred and ninety-nine dollars for a tour with Shatner himself. Yes,
1: of the bridge set. Yes. Uh huh.
4: Ooh. One hundred and sixty dollars for a photo. Uh, Eighty dollars for, for an auto... I'm I'm nope. sorry.
1: So okay, sorry, just
0: <laughs> yeah. Make sure you're sitting down for this.
1: My
4: brain is <laughs> melting. You're processing and doing, doing the math, are you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Eighty dollars. Eighty dollars for an autograph. Or you can just go all out and if somebody has you know some extra bucks laying around you know hit us up you you, you can find us on the socials uh-huh. uh, fifteen hundred dollars for a uh-huh. VIP all inclusive package, including a dinner gala with Shatner plus the tour photo autograph and a quote unquote bridge chat I don't know what that is
0: did you actually get to talk to him I- <laughs> I'm in. Great. Right? I,
1: I, I also I would be happy to, you know, for the bridge chat to, you know, take one of the stations and just have him, you know, yell set, you know, set course to Altair 4 and uh, Warp 3 and just push <laughs> buttons.
3: Pretend to levers. push buttons. <laughs> I mean,
0: Oh, man, if we could all go, if we could get all the geekiest hosts, all five of us to go. <laughs> and we can all take positions on the bridge with Shatner's captain.
2: <laughs> That'd be such a cool photo. Oh my oh god. Oh my god.
1: <laughs> uh, so if they're... Uh, Elon Musk, if you happen to be listening to our podcast, <laughs> you, can fi- you, you can write us at thegeekiestpod at gmail.com. We can set <laughs> up how you can donate that money to us. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Now, before be, before the be, before the the geek faithful uh, start writing letters and demanding my head, Shatner's birthday is actually March twenty second. Yes, we know. <laughs> we didn't do it. We didn't set the dates. I just read the stuff. Sorry, um, the celebration <laughs> was supposed to be. Around that date, but they moved it due to COVID-19 pandemic and restrictions are currently still in place for museums and entertainment venues. much like the Star Trek set tour, uh, which I need to see if this is going to get a little closer than Ticonderoga. Yeah, if it's touring.
0: Yeah. yeah, if it gets close, we may have to actually really unless, you know, someone wants to sponsor us to go to New York.
1: <laughs> Looking at you, Musk Looking at you
4: I, I do
0: a, right. <laughs> Something. Right? That's not a bad idea uh, The last convention that I went to Before the world shut down uh, Was Supercon a couple of years ago And they had uh, One of the replicas uh, One of the rep- bridge replicas there And I've got a, a pretty awesome picture Of me sitting in the captain's chair from that that was just like that was I knew it was a replica but at the same time it was like this is cool.
4: It is pretty cool.
0: So what else you got, Will?
4: That's it for me. I was I, I that's what I was saying. Sharing is caring. We can transition into you.
0: Into me. Um the only other piece of news that I had besides the Shatner thing, um this is a fun little piece. Um there's a there's a really cool book. Uh, that's been out for a while called Teddy and the Guardians of the Night. Yes. Um, the wonderful uh, Dwayne Johnson for a long time now has been wanting to create a movie based on this incredible film. Uh, oh, what did I just do? Sorry, I just hit play on something weird. Um, anyway, he has wanted to to make a film for a very long time. Well, it seems that netflix has picked it up nice oh
2: it's uh it's, uh it's based off of that illustration right of the teddy bear holding yes. the wooden sword at the monster yes oh my gosh yeah yep. i love that illustration like yeah it's
3: so-
2: it's an it's an actual it's
0: a it's a uh a book uh dwayne johnson has been looking to make a fantasy adventure film titled teddy and the guardians of the night since 2013 and netflix has just picked up the project the story for the film is actually based on a piece of art created by alex pan i'm gonna butcher this panagopoulos sure i'm sorry mr alex i butchered your name uh it shows a stuffed teddy bear protecting a sleepy child uh soundly from okay we're gonna try this again in english it shows a stuffed teddy bear protecting a sleeping child soundly from a terrifying monster threat in the bedroom. Yes. Uh, da, 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 da. Johnson will be producing the film through his seven bucks production, along with President Herr Hiram Garcia, who is the one that found the art and thought it would make a great movie. I thought it was a book, too. I apologize. It was just the piece of art. You're correct. I will. I will take one of my geek points away and give it to you. I don't know why I thought it was a
1: book. Um, because I would make an awesome book. Because it would make an awesome book.
2: Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember if I'm trying to remember if he did do illustrations for something. Um,
0: that may may have been the connection in my brain is that the uh, the artist has done other illustrations. Uh, just entirely, there was a book. Oh, you know what it was? There was oh, what was that? There was a book that's similar that Andy gave me to read that I don't know where it is now that was about, it was kind of that, that thing. And the teddy bear was like the main focus. Um, it was very much like the old Raggedy Ann and Andy were like the, uh, the toys come to life while the child is asleep or away kind of a thing. Um, and it had a teddy bear that was like the hero of the story. I think that's where I, I flipped it. Um, Anyhow, (laughs) uh, at $7, bucks, we are always on the hunt for content that can help inspire our next big story. From the moment I saw Alex's incredible drawing, I knew there was something special there that our our global audience could respond to. We're excited to add our own growing slate with Netflix and share the story with the world, says Garcia. Um, It doesn't look like there is a release date as of yet. Um, but I'm looking at the art again and it's, oh, it's so gorgeous.
2: That is, I think that was from 2006. And that was absolutely one of the things I'm an artist is like, just like, there's, there's no, there's no text attached to it whatsoever, but you absolutely can see. And I think stuff like that is amazing. So, yeah, you know,
0: yeah, it is, it's that it tells a story right there. You know in that one picture there is this beautiful story um so yeah i'm really excited to see to see what comes out of it and you know dwayne johnson again and again has proved himself to have this gigantic heart you know and and has become so much more you know especially lately kind of three-dimensional and and we're seeing more of what he his passion projects and what he really wants to be doing um and it's really cool to see. So, I'm excited about that. I want to keep up on that and kind of uh, give updates as as things go along. So, I'll be I'll be trying to follow that for y'all. Um, and if you, uh, if you want to check out the article yourself, you can check it out on uh, Geek Tyrant. Uh, it's within the first couple of pages, or so you can just search for either Dwayne Johnson or Teddy and the Guardian of the Night, and it'll come up. And that's it for me today.
4: Sorry. Nothing to be sorry about. No. No, yeah. You had I, fun stuff. Yeah.
0: I had fun stuff. I had stuff from last week, and and I can't find it.
4: Oh.
1: <laughs> well, maybe we'll find it for next week.
0: Yeah, I thought I bookmarked it, and it's not in my bookmarks, and I'm sad. But anyway, Joe, what you got for news?
1: Well, I will uh, start off uh, my, my news with a little bit of sadness. Um, from time to time, uh, Will and I will... Uh, use uh, the geekiest to discuss professional wrestling. Uh, on occasion. On occasion. When um, Kayla needs a nap. Yeah. <laughs> um, for, for those who were watching professional wrestling in the early to mid 80s, uh, you really had two options, maybe three, for nationally televised wrestling. You had your... Uh, your your string of WWF at the time, now WWE uh, on the USA network and in some syndication, uh, or you flip the dial over to WTBS, the superstation, and you caught mid-Atlantic, uh, the, the mid-Atlantic territory of the NWA, uh, the Jim Crockett promotions uh, uh, product, which really became the NWA for for most fans on a national level. Uh, If you grew up in Florida in that time, you also might have caught championship wrestling from Florida, but uh, the the biggie was uh, the Jim Crockett promotions. Uh, Sadly, uh, Jim Crockett Jr. uh, passed away on March 4th from liver and kidney issues, uh, which may have been exacerbated by a uh, having gotten the COVID infection earlier in the year or early uh, in last year, uh, he was the president of Crocker Promotions from 1973 to uh, when he sold it to Ted Turner in 1988. Um, the Mid-Atlantic territory, um, which covered uh, Charlotte, uh, we covered the Carolinas, Virginia, uh, Georgia, uh, and and it, it gets a little odd, uh, especially um, after a certain point. The The Crockett family uh, under Jim Crockett uh, Jr. uh, decided that they, you know, to compete with Vince McMahon's WWF uh, needed to purchase or acquire other territories. So uh, you had them acquiring Championship Wrestling of Florida, uh, Mid-South, several of the the other promotions that had been territories inside the NWA, uh, the National Wrestling Alliance. Uh, Jim Crockett also had been a three-time president of the National Wrestling Alliance, uh, and that group was responsible for who was the who would be carrying the World Championship title, uh, which for a good stretch of uh, Crockett's time uh, as part of the NWA uh, was Ric Flair, um, un- undoubtedly probably the one of the biggest names in wrestling history, um, and the Mid Atlantic. Uh, territory was famous for; it, it was just it was rich with talent. Uh, you get you had folks like Wahoo McDaniel, who had been an NFL player, uh, a football player, uh, including a stint with the Miami Dolphins, uh, to Ricky Steamboat, Black Mulligan, uh, the Road Warriors, and of course with Ric Flair they had the Four Horsemen, several of the der- different variations of it. Um, but he, he and Vince. Uh, he and Vince McMahon kind of went head to head, uh, with, you know, trying to promote nationally and, you know, pretty much responsible for what would become, uh, would kind of cement the popularity of professional wrestling in the eighties. You know, this is also when the ideas for say pay-per-view specials started coming out. Um, and in fact, uh, I believe one of the stories I've heard is that uh, Crockett kind of helped fund, I believe uh, uh, was either WrestleMania. I think it was WrestleMania one. He, he helped kind of bankroll it a little bit, Um, but uh, he, you know, you don't hear too many negative stories about Jim Crockett jr. Other than he uh, was, was too, too free spending on the talent and the company he started to you know started to believe his own hype and and wanted to show how successful they were being um and and that would eventually signal the end of jim crocker jim crocker promotions as he would sell the uh he would sell the wrestling uh promotion to ted turner and tbs uh which would go into the 90s and create you know the Monday night wars and all the stuff that came out of that. So, uh, just, you know, he was, I believe trying to find the age. He was 76 years old. Um, and you know, had been having issues with his liver and kidneys had been on dialysis, but according to his brother, David, um, he had, you know, he had been doing dialysis, but he wasn't in that critical of a shape until after he had gotten COVID. So, so, uh, just, uh, that's my sad note.
4: Is it is it really wrong that I that that I actually do know that the, the story that you brought up as far as the uh, funding for WrestleMania one? I, I actually do know that story.
1: Yeah, you're kind and of that's... a you're kind of a student of the history of wrestling, so I <laughs> I'm not surprised by it. <laughs> All right, uh, my my second story is a little bit uh, more upbeat. Um, so last week we mentioned the Indiegogo that started for the Star Trek Voyager documentary uh, put out by the same company that did uh, the Star Trek Deep Space Nine documentary, what we left behind uh, 455 films. Uh, they have, uh, they are closing in on Indiegogo's all time, uh, all time amount for uh, project funding for documentaries. Uh, they're at, uh, as of the article I was looking at earlier, about $625,000 after a week. Um, and they are uh, moving ever closer to, I believe it's somewhere in the 658000 range, which uh, 455 got for the What We Left Behind uh, documentary. Um, and as they have been making more, uh, getting more uh, goals, are, as they've been getting more and more uh, funding, they have uh, added uh, more stretch goals and more tiers, uh, which include, uh, I believe I saw one, something to the effect of being able to be on Zoom, uh, Zoom calls with the production staff. Uh, so it looks like we will definitely... Oh, one of them is also to participate in... Uh, the Delta Flyers podcast, uh, which is, um, the podcast hosted by, uh, uh, Robert McNeil and Garrett Wang, uh, Tom Paris and Harry Kim, uh, because everybody has a everybody has a podcast now, right?
2: Yes. Mm, yeah.
4: yeah. Some of us have several of them. That's true. Yes.
1: Um, <laughs> there's pin sets and, uh, Janeway shirts and I
0: oh, want a Janeway shirt.
1: It's um, it, it, it's Janeway during the Macrovirus uh, episode with the, the oh, the rifle. Ripley Janeway, yes, yes. Uh, and the shirt says, Grab a phaser, we're going to get some answers.
3: Yes, Ooh. I need
0: that shirt. I love that episode. Oh my god, um,
1: there's also <laughs> That's going on my
0: Christmas list,
1: uh, replicator the replicator coffee company. Yeah. So they it is going well. And uh, yeah. So zoom virtual experience, uh, they will be doing, you know, you can have an hour uh, virtually uh, about an hour with some of your favorite Star Trek actors and producers um, an away mission. Uh, go to the Griffith observatory and Bronson caves. Neat. Um, which was a iconic location for Futures End. Uh, that, that tour, uh, you'll be with Tim Russ and Garrett Wang and uh, the producers of the documentary.
0: That's cool.
1: Uh, Starfleet Academy. Uh, you can go to the Tillman Water Restoration Plant. Uh, the Japanese Gardens at the Tillman Water Restoration Plant uh, with Garrett Wang, Jeffrey Coombs, uh, Vaughn Armstrong, Sirach Lofton, and others. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you can meet up with the uh, at the legendary and breathtaking Vasquez Rocks with uh, Dominic Keating, uh, Malcolm Reed, uh, Chase Masterson, Lita, and Garrett Wang, uh, and Michael Her- Michelle Hurd, uh, Rafi, uh, and attend uh, a work production schedule, per- uh, if she's able to, at the uh, Vasquez Rocks, which is um, kind of famous for the Kirk-Gorn duel... Um also famous for that's where Rafi's trailer was located in Picard mm-hmm. um yeah, so they've got some really cool things going on um and, and check out the the away missions uh if you get the away mission admiral level, you can do all of them
0: and um, how much does that cost
1: uh let's see the away mission admiral level four thousand dollars oh that's all yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the way missions—the uh, way missions start at about a grand. Uh, the uh, away mission number four, which is uh, also a Star Trek dinner, uh, where you will—oh uh, my god, this one actually—I uh, go to even at an excellent Los Angeles ref- restaurant with executive producer uh, David Zappone uh, and TNG DS9 and Voyager's Lolita uh, Fateau. As well as the production team, as well as uh, legendary actors, James Darren, Vic Fontaine from DS9, Nicole DeBoer, uh, Ezri Dax, uh, Connor Trenier, uh, Tripp, and Dominic Keating, and maybe more. Uh, so, yeah, I would totally go just to James Darren. Right? Yeah. You know, uh, so, yeah, they've got uh, sw- the, the, the Voyager swag bag is $500. Special thank you credit: two hundred fifty dollars. Uh, a Zoom meeting call with uh, Tim Russ and Ethan. Uh, Ethan Phillips. Yeah, Ethan Phillips. One hundred fifty dollars.
0: Oh, oh my God, that's mm, uh, just... a Zoom.
1: Yeah, a, a, a Zoom call <laughs> with uh, with Garrett and and Robert Duncan McNeil. Uh, oh. One hundred fifty. Uh, okay, this one Zoom call with Armin Shimerman, Max. Uh, Grodenchik and Sirac Lofton, so Quark, Rom, and Jake.
0: Holy cow! Oh man! D- uh,
1: These three gentlemen I'm... will share their memories and thoughts about their friends uh, in this tribute to uh, to Renee Auberjonois and uh, Aaron Eisenberg. Oh.
0: oh, I'm. I'm. I think I'm gonna go start an OnlyFans. <laughs> I'll <I'm> only be back. <laughs>
1: Uh oh! Here's one. one hundred dollars Zoom call with uh Terry Farrell.
0: Uh oh. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm going to the change jar right now. Um. <laughs> oh um. my! Yeah. Right. There's like hello. Oh my god. Oh. Uh, yeah. I think we're gonna have to invest.
1: Uh, the Janeway <laughs> shirt uh is uh
4: thirty six dollars. That level. That's
0: worth it. Oh, absolutely. absolutely worth it. Oh my god. <laughs>
4: What I, I think what Joe meant to say was this t shirt's only thirty six dollars.
0: Oh jeez. Wow, that's really freaking cool.
4: Yeah.
1: So uh I, I I'm I'm really happy to see that the this you know, because Voyager sometimes feels like it gets the, the short shrift in the Star Trek love.
0: Sometimes, yeah. She's a little bit of the 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 forgotten one. Yeah.
1: You know, TNG was, you know, oh, Star Trek's back. DS nine, oh, Star Trek's dark. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Voyager kinda gets left out a little bit.
4: Um Voyager was the redheaded stepchild until Enterprise came along. You are not yeah. wrong.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, no, you're not wrong. You know. I,
3: uh, yeah. But
0: there's a lot of good stuff. It's it's I have trouble with Voyager because I'm scared to death of the Borg.
1: That is true. And there's mm-hmm. a
0: lot of Borg in Voyager.
1: <laughs> yeah, the last couple seasons is, is gets very Borg heavy.
0: Very Borg heavy. But,
1: but that's what happens when you travel through Borg space.
0: Well, yeah. And I mean like it's brilliant writing and you know they it was fun in, you know, in them being able to play with the Borg more and really flush out the Borg story. Mm-hmm. As we hadn't seen it before, and I think that's super cool as far as the franchise is concerned. I they, they just give me nightmares. It's <laughs> like Borg are scary. There's very few things that I have been terrified of in my lifetime, and and the first one I got over and became a fan of, which was Aliens, which was the Xenomorphs,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and now I'm like a rabid fan. But Borgs just ugh. no. <laughs> uh.
1: And then I will move on to my third and final news story. Hey, uh, anybody here a fan of Fallout, Doom, or The Elder Scrolls? Yeah. Yes. Well, uh, last week, March 4th, uh, the SEC and European regulators have approved the purchase of ZeniMax and uh, Bethesda by Microsoft. Uh the purchase is uh, seven point five billion dollars in cash. Uh, so now Microsoft can now proceed with the acquisition of those franchises and uh, the other uh, other things under ZeniMax and Bethesda. So I guess that maybe means that those will be now only uh, only Xbox games.
4: As an Xbox owner, I could care less <laughs> wow. but I, I, uh, oh I, microsoft does not have very good reputation when it comes to creation hmm. of titles uh, they, they they know how to make a machine they, they know how to make a machine really really well If they are just okay, we own this now and leave it alone. Mm -hmm. Bethesda will be fine. If they go, we own it and we can do what we want with it.
2: Yeah, that's that's definitely going to be like such a. That's definitely going to be something that's going to be very scrutinized. um, You know, especially because like, um, I guess especially because of like what happened with like Cyberpunk, right? I feel like people now are like really starting to like, okay, there there is in fact a line at which we are willing to draw where like this is just not acceptable and you kind of do have to like care about us as consumer, right? Absolutely. Um, so it's gonna be really interesting to see how, how that shapes up because I, I I do agree that like I don't know how much I'm going to look forward to it if if it Microsoft ends up having any sort of like creative decision in in their their games, or if they're you know just kind of like okay, here we'll we'll support you as long only as on you know Xbox or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like with with all the stuff happening in like the game gaming sphere lately, that's gonna be an interesting thing to keep an eye on. Yeah.
4: Well, there's they're... not there, there's not a whole lot of just straight straight to console games happening now. I mean, it's everything's gotta be MMO. And that's that's how it's been recently.
1: It's it's interesting because I you know I, Microsoft like I remember back you know more PC pre pre console and Microsoft did put out some pretty good games. I mean they were you know like the Age of Empires series. Um, you know that was that was a pretty good game from Microsoft Studios. But um, I I kind of have to agree with you, Will. Like if that's not your primary job anymore and it's more you're more about doing the the hardware then yeah it's you know purchase them have them you know have the have it so that you can put all of that stuff on the 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 Xbox pass stuff but you know let the creatives be the creatives you know don't don't try to micromanage it uh and, and but it also makes me a little bit like as you were saying Sierra about the um the cyberpunk thing it's like you know everyone got lured into the gameplay videos without realizing that that was only showing gameplay on the uh, the PC you know and what came out for consoles was uh, not good um you know and it's it's I, I would think like if Microsoft is, is the owner of the publisher, then it will definitely be something where they're going to say, okay, you know, this has to look good on our product, on our consoles, you know, before we approve it to you know do anything else. Um, it kind of reminds me of kind of the mindset when I you know few years well now like about ten years back in web design where it used to be we designed for desktop and then we optimized for for mobile and now the mindset is completely flipped. You know, you build for mobile because the majority of your traffic is coming from mobile devices. And then you make sure it looks good, you know, on a desktop.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And like, I mean, obviously if if the if they just did it just so that way then they can really like be able to kind of help them out and make sure that this is polished. Awesome. Excellent. Then that's gonna be amazing. I just, I don't know. I feel terrible because I feel like nowadays I'm so cynical about like, <laughs> about like when stuff like this happens. Like my first thought is always, well, how is this going to affect the games? Now, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I,
1: I. It's so funny because um, I used to think that was when Microsoft was like acquiring things for you know their business software and stuff like that. It was always like there for years and years. You know, it, there was always that lingering thing that like. Oh, Microsoft was going to buy Macromedia, uh, Dreamweaver, Flash, um, Director. God, I feel old now because, like, does anybody even know what Director was? Keep point. Um, <laughs> but it, that, was always, that was always it. Or, um, you know, was Microsoft going to take a run at Adobe for Photoshop and Illustrator? You know, and then you come down the rope, you know, because I, don't, I can't tell you how many times, you know, we would hear, oh, Microsoft is going to put out, you know, its newest... You know, photo editor software, and it it either didn't come out, or if it came out, the reception of it was, yeah, this is not this is not good. We'll stay with Adobe. Um, and at the time, Microsoft had a real a real big uh, buy it, um, and it was always like, well, if they bought Dreamweaver, how badly are they going to mess it up, or you know, is it only going to natively code for Internet Explorer, or you know, that sort of thing? Where again, like I I get cynically like. Oh, so if they put this out, you know, is this going to be one of those situations cuz I mean, there are some game aren't, aren't there some games still like you can't play God of War on an Xbox. You can only play it on PlayStation uh and I got that backwards.
2: No, God of War is is PlayStation only. Okay. It's PlayStation exclusive.
1: So it's like if if they flip that around, you know, if you start, you know, if Fallout becomes Xbox only or, you know, whatever, it's like to me that I don't know. I I I like I like open competition, you know, let, let the, let it be across, you know, consoles, across platforms, you know, I mean, I, I remember from back in the days when there were programs that only ran on PC or only ran on Mac and, you know, never the, the twain shall meet. I just want to be able to have everything available for whatever, whatever system I'm using That's what it comes down to. I'm greedy. (laughs)
4: And there we go. This is a long roundabout way to get in. Joe wants what he wants.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I want everything. I,
1: well, yes, but I, I, I really just want I want the ability to have it. I don't actually mean I actually have to have it. I just I don't want because I picked PlayStation over Xbox or I picked PC over uh, Mac or I you know whatever. I, 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 I don't want to be limited.
2: Yeah, gaming FOMO is real. <laughs> <laughs> I have to, we have to, like, go through that discussion every time there's, like, a new generation of consoles that come out. Like, okay, well, who's getting what? <laughs> I, it,
1: it, that really, I mean, it, it is a thing. It's like, well, I really like the Final Fantasy series, uh, but I really want to play Halo or, you know, whatever. It's uh... ooh,
0: I found one of my news things. Sorry to interrupt.
1: No, no problem. Uh,
0: this is just a little one. Um, there's not a whole lot of details. Uh, but Red Sonja movie to be written by Tomb Raider anime showrunner Tasha Ho. Red Sonja's getting a new movie. Is it
1: going to? Does, does it say whether it's going to be animated or live action? Let's see.
0: Uh, the showrunner of Netflix and legendary Tomb Raider anime series Tasha Ho has been hired by Millennial Films to write the script. For its feature film adaptation of Red Sonia, uh, doesn't say just says feature film. Because
1: hmm. mm. I know for years and years and years there was uh, I think Robert Rodriguez had the rights to do a Red Sonia movie, and uh, he kept he, at at the time he was uh, the, the main sticking point I believe was he wanted to have uh, Rose McGowan uh, play Red Sonia. And apparently the, no studio felt that she was, or the studio that he was working with, didn't feel that she was uh, a big enough star to uh, be the lead and, and, and draw the money that a Robert Rodriguez version of Red Sonia would need. Mm. Um, it didn't hurt that Robert Rodriguez was dating Rose McGowan at the time.
0: That, that Yeah, that might have something to do with it. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I don't know, something to watch. To see where it goes and what they're doing. Because all they're saying in the article is is just feature film. And that it has not had a feature film uh, since the first Red Sonya film came out in 1985. Uh, which starred Bridget Nielsen and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Which Jeez. was actually... Uh, how, how I knew I was a geek very early on. Um, that was one of my favorite movies as a kid. I was obsessed with Red Sonia for a very long time.
2: Nothing wrong with that. Nope. That was Dutch American too, wasn't it?
1: I believe so. And he definitely was not playing Conan the Barbarian. Totally <laughs> no,
0: <right>. definitely <laughs> not. I don't know what he was doing. I was paying attention to Bridget Nielsen.
2: Yes. <laughs> as you as you should. <laughs> there, well, there, there you
0: go. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Yeah, I, I just, I was like, I have to find this stuff. I have to find this stuff. And I found one of them. And that was the one that I found. So looking forward to see what happens with Red Sonia.
1: Yeah. Again, after seeing how well they've done with like the Transformers anime and uh, the Dragon Prince and all. Like l- if they want to do it, you know, animated style on Netflix. Sure. I'm, yeah, please do that. Uh, I just want to see do live- more Red Sonia. They- yeah, if they want to do live action, then do live action. But um can we just though put a moratorium on J. Mail Bikini just
2: No <laughs> No no boob plate, please.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's see that's gonna be the thing, is if they do it live action, you know, the the controversy over her outfits. But The Mandalorian has proven that you can put a woman in a full suit of armor that is practical, sort of, and she still looks good.
2: So there, weren't people also really upset about Captain Phasma for Mm -hmm. the new trilogy when they revealed her design, and they were like, "How do you know that that's a girl?" It's like, "I, what do you want?" Yeah,
1: (sighs) you know what they want.
0: Yeah, we we don't speak to those people.
1: (laughs) Um. You know, especially you know, the, the three of us having you know done live steel combat shows, you know, and and had a few uh, female fighters. Uh, mm. No, nope, no boob plate among them.
0: No, no. It's it's not a good thing. It, it's you want you want a full level of of protection that is not going to slide in. No, you trust what? me. I don't I've want to. Been...
1: You don't yeah. want to direct the force of the blow straight onto the to, to the uh, to the sternum, no? No,
2: no, that's not fun. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I I've I I ran into that a little bit. I I didn't do any live steel, but I did fencing for a while, and um, that's I the last geek point. <laughs> <laughs> I I had um, it was plastic, but like I had a plastic sort of like boob-shaped thing that kind uh-huh. of, like, came in the kit and, um, and it just, like, it kept, like, yeah, like, things, like, the points kept sliding off and eventually my my coach took me aside and she was like, okay, so I can tell that you're kind of a more serious about this than, like, some of the other students here and she's like, I'm gonna tell you this, get rid of that and then just get, um, uh, a plastron and she's like, it's, it's going to be much easier for you. Like, keeps things in and also like you know like against like flattens it all out and so then she's like you're not gonna have you know so many bruises or whatever like yeah. in just one area yep. and yeah some, some of the best advice i ever had i was like oh my god thank you so much
0: yeah yeah it's it's a, when i first started training uh i was training with all men um, I was the only girl in that group that was training at the time, and they all. Anytime we were sparring, anytime we were working on stuff, they all went right for my boobs, and I was like, "No, no." Learned real fast, very tight, flatten them out. <laughs> it's not fun. <laughs> so yeah, well, okay, so we'll see. With I mean, uh, also we'll
1: note also note to 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 to, ma- to male fighters, eh, don't be a dick
0: yeah yeah you know we don't True. we don't purpose we don't purposely go for the cup you know i mean okay maybe i know a few girls that do but generally women do not do that and it's usually <laughs> illegal you know like usually that's illegal you cannot go for that area you hit that area that's that's not a point you know depending on who you're fighting with and for um but there's no regulations on hitting the chest so that's that that's that. I'd, so, doing an entire special on the history of armor. Um,
2: yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be an amazing. Episode.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah,
0: that would be a lot of fun. We may, we, we have may to, have we, to do that.
1: We'd have to get Ilya in on that though.
0: Yeah, that would be the Ilya episode. For sure.
1: We must uh, talk to Kelly if we can get Ilya if we go through Kelly, I think.
0: This is true. This is true because we've had Kelly on the show, so.
1: Yep. Uh, well, let's go to the big board
0: the big board all right so um our geekiest this evening with a grand total of nine points goes to sierra
2: yay thank you I, I don't even i don't i'll be honest i don't even remember what you, said to
4: you mean this isn't you oh this is just like all those award shows you win and you don't have a speech
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically, I'd like to thank uh, <laughs> you
0: know. <laughs> no. Um, so coming in at a close second, uh with 6 points is Will.
1: Yay.
3: Woohoo. Yeah. More than
1: my customary 1.
3: Yay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, right
0: behind Will at uh with 5 points is Joe, and uh I'm coming in with a respectable 3.
1: Well done. Uh, Sierra, as as the geekiest this week, it is your right, responsibility, privilege, uh, and honor to uh, get to plug stuff first. So you can tell the wonderful people where they can find you, how they can you know see your art, subscribe to your Twitch uh, channel, and and you know, all that sort of stuff. Uh, with with keeping in mind that I will be putting the links in the show notes regardless.
2: Awesome. So, um, yeah, so my name is Sierra Twazan. That is my at for Twitter, Instagram, uh, Twitch. Um, so literally just look for my name, S-I-E-R-R-A-T-U-A-Z-O-N. Um, I, those are the ones I use most. Uh, I do also have a YouTube channel, um, under the same name where I post, Some uh, process videos of me working on art. Um, Actually working on a couple of videos for that right now as well. Um, I have a Patreon. I send stickers. That's fun if you want to support me there. Uh, Also under Sierra Toison, as you guessed it. Um, uh, I think the the only other thing that I will plug, um, because... like I said everything is literally just under my name um is I am also on a series called The Artist Arcana where I get together with some other artists and it's sort of like a podcast um but we all draw during it and we kind of talk about like our processes um there's an uh I think my favorite episode so far is there's an episode where we draw ourselves as D&D characters um and that was a ton of fun to uh to do. Um so if you look for the artist Arcana under um Rook Zero, uh who is a wonderful friend of mine and he's the one the videos to on his channel. Um those are amazing. Uh also some other amazing artists that I get to work with and talk to um and all that fun stuff. So I think that's pretty much it for me as far as bugs go um thank you guys (laughs) this was a lot of fun
0: thank you so much it was so much fun having you uh who's next will was second hey will
4: uh as today is uh march 8th and it is international women's day i hereby bow to the other women in the room kayla I, i would like you to go next
0: Aw, thank you. Well, you can find me on uh, Twitter at Hawk underscore Kayla. You can find me on Instagram at Geekiest Kayla. Uh, you can find our fun little thrift shop. Uh, if you are in the downtown Davie, South Florida area, and would like to check it out at 4148 Davy Road, if you are not able to get to the store physically, uh, you can check out secondhandgoddess.net uh, for all of your online purchases. Uh, and, well, there's there's links to everything there as well as our, uh, our merch store uh, if you want some cool Secondhand Goddess merch. Uh, it's all there. And, of course, Secondhand Goddess on all of the socials. Uh, you can find me playing Jade on the uh, Not Safer Wizards D&D 5th Edition podcast. Um, I have a TikTok, too, because why not? Um, Which is also secondhand goddess, although I might be switching that up. Uh, And then stay tuned uh, for uh, my uh, D&D podcast that will be coming soon. Hopefully, fingers crossed, we can find some time to do some editing, uh, because the world is crazy. Um, And I think that's it? I think, probably. I don't know. It'll be in the show notes.
4: Hey, will
0: you go now? Okay.
4: It's, okay. It's, it's gonna, it's gonna, this is going to sound so much easier. You ready? You ready? You ready? You can mm-hmm. find me at Geekiest Will on Instagram and Twitter. That's it.
3: Ta-da! <laughs>
4: <laughs> and I'm not even really sure how to use the Instagram. I kind of know how to use the Twitter, but not really. <laughs>
2: it's hard to tell because they change the algorithm so often to the point yeah. where it's almost useless as an artist, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs>
4: That'll be the next time you're on.
2: There we go.
4: We picture out the algorithm. Joseph? <laughs> yes, Will. Where can these fine people tell talk to you online?
1: Well, if you would like to talk to me on Twitter, you can uh, at me at Demorgus. That's D E M O R G U uh, S. If you would like to see what we're up to as a podcast across social medias, uh, just go to the geekest pod on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, and you can follow us there uh lately we've gotten into the habit of not just promoting who we 've been talking to and the episodes coming out, but if cool things come across uh our emails or are brought to our attention by folks uh i've i've been sharing stuff out there like that um, and Uh, You can also find me as the DM of the Not Safer Wizards 5th Edition actual play podcast, uh, where every week I am being thwarted by Kayla and the other band of misfits that she adventures with. (laughs) Ha ha ha. And on a couple days a week, you might be able to find me at uh, Secondhand Goddess uh, behind the counter uh, or... Or if you live in South Florida and happen to do Uber Eats order, you can probably there's a chance that I might be delivering. Um, so we're like this podcast was like impacted by the pandemic. I don't know, probably in about it'll be a year in like two three weeks. Um, at the time, I had no we had no idea that uh, this would still be going on. Um, so I think this is like the anniversary of our talking to uh, Morgan of Mindflayed Mondays. Uh, and we did that at the Adventure Game, uh, the Adventure Game Society Cafe's uh, yellow uh, podcast studio. Uh, and we were happy to be there and be in that space and talk to Morgan. And now we can't do that. So as we remind you every episode, wear a mask, follow social distancing, wash your hands. As Pete so pointedly said uh, almost a year ago, don't be a dick um, about these things. Because this really should be, this shouldn't be going on. I mean, look at New Zealand. They've had like one, one COVID death in like the last month, two months, I think. So uh, follow all the directions, please. So we can get back to cons and going to the game store and using their cool studio and all the stuff that we miss. Um, and as always, this podcast believes that Black Lives Matter, trans rights are human rights, love is love. We thank you for listening this week. We look forward to talking to you next week. And just to give you a little spoiler hint, next week, I believe we have all five hosts. We're going to do Mandalorian Season 2 (laughs) wrap-up.
0: It's going to be
3: chaos.
1: (laughs) This is the way.
2: Oh, man.
4: (laughs) We have spoken.
3: (laughs) (sighs) Good night, everybody.
4: Leave the world a better place than you found it.
1: Hey there, listener. Before we get out of here, just want to uh, ask you to do us a little favor. Um, Two little favors. One, if you go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review there. Five stars would be great, but hey, we're leaving that up to you. And second would be, share the podcast with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you think would enjoy a deep dive into geek culture. Uh, That would definitely help us. Thanks for listening. The preceding program was brought to you by Armored Bear Productions.